0: James Cameron's really big on the whole um, uh, catchphrases at the end of the movie in that era, but I guess that's actually part of the genre well. What, like well. what, like your terminated fucker? Your terminated fucker, hasta la vista, baby.
1: Is that Game end? over, man, at game At the over. end of
0: Terminator 2, because the, the kid in Terminator 2 is teaching the Terminator how to be like a person. Like, oh, you got to be more cool. You've got to say stuff like and this. And of course, he's like a, a, a teenage kid. In the 90s. In the 90s. Ni- <laughs> is it the 90s, by the way?
1: 90s, yeah. In the 90s, which is like, there was that weird kind of like obsession with the teen whiz kid. Yeah. You know like Wesley Crusher yeah. they were sort of setting that up and then they went like that that sucks. Yeah. Let's focus on how good it, literally everyone else in these stories are. <laughs> uh, st- and and let's make Picard say shut up Wesley like and so that's the cat with joy. Shut up Wesley. Yeah, the catchphrase from <laughs> Star Trek the Next Generation. <laughs> shut up Wesley. Uh, but no, it's like either the teen whiz kid kind of thing. So it's like but at the same time all the kids are like being written as like we have slang and this is what the slang so is. so cringe. So you got to say hasta la vista, baby. Like, and yeah, jo- and John,
0: young John Connor is like streetwise or whatever because his mum's all messed up and so he's like... Referring to anyone as streetwise is so cringe. So like, cringe. <laughs> so cringe. And yeah, he's like, I think he robs an ATM or something.
2: Oh, so he's a you criminal. Know, you know how
0: kids do. You know how
2: kids are <laughs> criminals.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the idea is that Sarah Connor trained John Connor to be a monster. To be a monster. <laughs> oh monster, my god! <laughs> to be a necessary. criminal. Yeah.
2: Like she's just proving them right why they should be worried about it. What's him? the
1: other slang that he teaches him? Because there's a bunch. I
0: don't remember. I the Baby is like the
1: iconic one. Because
0: he says it right before he blows up the building up with the motorcycle, <laughs> which is so badass.
2: <laughs> wait, what? Wait, wait. He, just watch the film. I've oh, and seen also, it. I'll be back as well. Oh, I'll, I'll be, be back. back.
1: Yeah. Iconic, yeah.
2: That's a good when one. he's sinking
1: into the thing. I'd be the interestingly the callback to the first film with that like come with
0: me if you want to live line is pretty iconic. As well. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Who
2: says that to to her? That's so the guy that's saving her. John
0: right? Connor. John Connor's father,
2: oh. who is John
0: Connor in the future's best friend, who he sends back to. Uh,
2: wait, what? Wait, to knowingly impregnates mother. A, okay, so um, wait a second. John
0: Connor <laughs> is the hero, which
1: is her son. He yes. has an adult. He has a best pal that he mm. sends back to protect. Her, his mom. His mom but then in they, order to make sure that he's born, but then they kind of like hook up and make John Connor happen.
0: It's Wait. unclear whether John Utilizing Connor is aware of this. sexual So again,
2: <laughs> so is this one of those like a awesome. time loop sort of like self like what's it that? Is. What's that called again? Uh,
0: a predestination Pre- paradox. Yeah, predestination paradox. At least according paradox. to Star Trek. At least Star- <laughs> Trek
2: Deep Shut Space up, Nine. <laughs> according to the episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine in which. Oh. Uh, <laughs> in which Cisco is being questioned by the time police, I'm guessing. Um, which are a thing. Which are a thing.
1: Oh, so good.
2: It's so, so good. It's actually it's, a fucking great. This episode. is season
1: two's first reference to Deep Space
2: Nine. And it's not going to be the last. The tally. <laughs> but start
1: the tally. I'm not doing the tally because I'm lazy. So someone out there just has to keep a Deep Space Nine tally. Thank you,
2: baby. Thank you very much.
1: Everybody and welcome back, or if it's your first time, welcome, hi, Um, or if it's the last time, it's been nice, Uh, to the Music and Everything podcast. I'm excited to be here today, Um, and the Sams are too, I assume. Yes. Uh, Today's episode is about a topic that I know two things about, (laughs) because the topic is yeast. Yeast. And I know that the two things that I know about yeast are bread. 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 And also bread. And by bread, I mean beer, obviously. <laughs> of course. <yeah. laughs> in to this be context, clear. Um, Samuel. Yes. Once again, chief investigator in the hat, looking fine, if I do say so myself. That's
0: very Thank sweet you. of you.
1: Because we share a face. That's what, that's what I, was, <laughs> <laughs> I was getting at. So this is all just like it was narcissism. A r- <laughs> narcissism. <laughs> yeah.
2: You're like, I'm, I'm complimenting myself. Yes, I yes. am. Good.
0: Talk to me. Talk to us. <laughs> just talk. Okay, so we're talking about yeast. Now, the thing is, is that this is probably one of the smallest, both physically and metaphorically, topics <laughs> that we have discussed. Um, it is a very odd thing to talk about for yeah, how long we're like, about to talk about we, it. We've court.
1: covered like the concept of play. <laughs> we've covered like music <laughs> broadly. We're going to talk about today these tiny little, very specific these tiny things. little guys, yeah. specific things. Things, things. things. Are they things? They are things. It's not a... Uh, so we're talking about discrete things. It's not a volume.
0: It's not a volume. Although, What? Well, the thing is, they, hmm. hmm. Samantha, <laughs> <laughs> what exactly is yeast? Okay, we're
2: going to start. help us out. We're, we're going to start with, with the start. Samantha Science Corner. We're just science you know, first, I want
0: to preface by saying that yeast, this is a bigger picture. If you're listening to this going like, why the fuck are we talking about fucking yeast right now? Why are you doing it in that voice? Right? <laughs> because Listener. I'm annoyed, all right? <laughs> and I'm going to talk... St- Talk straight to the man. Yeah. Tell us my point of view. Yeah. Um, yeast <laughs> makes bread. Yeah. Now that's very obvious, but <laughs> historically, <laughs> this is extremely significant. Okay. Um, and so, because it doesn't just make bread, it also ferments things. It's mm-hmm. also responsible for the creation of alcohol. Mm-hmm. It's responsible for lots of things. So that has had a huge impact on humanity. It's had a huge impact on civilization as we spoiler know. Alert. So now that we've spoiler liked- alert. Now that we've
1: justified our existence, let's start the episode by rocking back and forward in a ball in the Science Corner. Samantha.
2: (laughs) Hello, hello. This is the first time I've done the Science Corner this season. Season
1: two. Yeah, because Samuel's been doing it. It's been bullshit. Yeah, it's
2: been like not right, you know?
1: So here we are. Here we are. Okay, so
2: what is yeast? I mean, that's a great place to start. I'm so glad you asked. Thank you so much. Um, So yeast is (laughs) a single-celled fungus. Oh, so it's like that's disappointing. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a little egg shaped situation, mm-hmm. um, and you can fit. I think I wrote it down, but now it's gone. I'm pretty sure you can fit like a million of them on a spoon or something like that. No, it takes twenty billion yeast cells to weigh one gram.
1: Twenty billion 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 with a b billion. Interesting. So a Carl Sagan volume of
0: yeast. <laughs> The pale and yellow dot. And oh, okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. <laughs> the pale beige dot in the petri
2: dish. <laughs> so, one of the most important things to kind of get in your heads is that yeast is everywhere.
0: Get used to it.
2: Get used to it.
1: Why am I get- scared
2: now? <laughs> okay, so yeast is not a harmful fungus. It's not like a bacteria. It's not anything like that. Mm-hmm. It is like, and, and in fact, like. I could get into a whole thing about the war between bacteria and fungus, but I'm not going to.
1: That's for another tiny that's for, episode. Well, I mean,
2: <laughs> that's for when we eventually talk about my thesis at some point on right. this podcast, probably. Mm. Um, but that's a whole other thing. But yeast, as a tiny, tiny single celled fungus, it's everywhere. It's in the air we breathe, it's in the food we eat, it's on our skin. Mm-hmm. It's, it's everywhere. Because I'm screaming it, inside. Yeah. yeah. But my screens there are being are,
1: dampened there by are about, yeast.
2: <laughs> yes. Um, but the most important thing is it's pretty much on all plant life. Wheat, grain, fruits, all of that. So that's mm-hmm. going to be really significant in a moment when I we get to it. But that's a really significant element of like our relationship with yeast is it's okay. just kind of there. We don't seek it out. It's just kind of here.
1: It's our ever-present buddy. Companion. Yeah. And
2: so yeast... Comes, we're going to do a little bit of an etymology in such, the science in the corner because it's really it's actually Jeez. kind of helps explain. It's, it's like, a like an enclave of knowledge. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's the so, reading nook. <laughs> yes. So the etymology of the word yeast comes from <laughs> Old English uh, gist, gist, something along those lines. G y s t. Yeah, I'm getting
1: the it's the gist.
2: Yes, and from the Indo-European root yes. All of these words mean boil, foam, or bubble.
1: I'm going to refer to yeast as just yas. From yas.
2: <laughs> um, and so that's a really important, like, it's a really interesting distinction because boil, foam, bubble, if anyone has made a yeast, like tried to uh, bloom yeast or has mm-hmm. made bread or has, mm-hmm. you know, seen beer being produced, and we spoke about beer in a whole episode, yeast is so important because what it does very simply and I say this as someone who has a chemistry degree, very mm-hmm. simply, <laughs> takes sugar and breaks it down into carbon dioxide
3: mm-hmm.
2: and alcohol.
1: So it just takes sugar and goes, yah.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, let's have some fun. yeah. Um, and so... yeah.
0: So it's a, the CO2 being released, right, that's... You know, because you said that the etymology is to do with a word for like foamy stuff.
2: Let's boil, foam, bubble. Bubble, like basically mm. the stuff off the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because,
0: because for centuries, well, actually kind of, you know, forever your starter yeast to make bread or whatever mm-hmm. was the stuff from on the top of, you know, brewing beer or yeah. the foam produced by that.
2: Yeah. Or just like, you know, a porridge that you left out just a few days too long. <laughs> and then it just, you kind of come back and it's like, oh, it's got kind of a uh, weird Yet again, bubble. I'm coming
1: back to the whole, like, I dare you to eat it. Yeah. Uh, well, this is, and it and, and
2: it like, obviously <laughs> there's all of these sort of like apocryphal stories of like, how did somebody know that wine like was a thing that was like, it was grapes that were left too long. It Mm -hmm. made a little bit of a slushy thing and someone was like, I dare you to drink it. Yeah, It's probably what happened because we're human beings and we've been like this the entire time. Um, The
1: investigation of the concept of lol. Um,
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, but it's it's funny because it is, this speculation is genuinely what scientists do when they talk about like, oh, how did bread, like leavened bread, like risen bread Mm. um, happen? And it's just Mm. like, well- it, we we kind of think that they just had a bowl of wet grains and they were going to make flatbread, but they forgot. And then it was really <laughs> hot and then they made it anyway and it puffed and they were like, wow, that's interesting. And then they're like, let's eat it. Yeah, <laughs> Let's make a brioche bun.
2: <laughs> so obviously our relationship with bread is based in the way that it kind of interacts with foodstuffs and creates, you know, food byproducts mm-hmm. and helps us sort of preserve things and make different things. What's really important to understand about yeast is, is there about, there's about 1,500 species on the earth. Of yeast, various Mm -hmm. different kinds of yeast. Oh, yeah, because it's not
0: one thing, is it? It's not
2: one thing. It's a group. It's a group called, where is, I've lost my...
1: I want you to know.
2: Saccharomyces.
1: Oh, yeah. Is the family. Saccharomyces. Yeah, so I've heard of this because there was a bar named Saccharomyces in yeah. Brisbane at one point.
2: There's a bottle shop just up the road called Saccharomyces. Yeah, so there's someone having fun. That's someone having, having a, a, little bit, a little bit of fun. And so sacram- I just want to
1: highlight right now that, uh, just, just quickly while we're aside, uh, Samantha was given the option of uh, highlighters just before the episode, and she said, no, I'm going to wing it. And that's why she's digging through notes.
2: So yes. that's <laughs> it, <laughs> it. Honestly, I. I prefer it this way, okay. and I'm 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 not gonna. I want the struggle. I'm not gonna apologize for it. Um, so Saccharomyces is the genus, and mm-hmm. then there's fifteen hundred species. So the the one that under we, the umbrella under of Saccharomyces, Saccharomyces. Right. and so the one that we know for brewing beer is Saccharomyces cerevis. Cervece. Cervece. Which is so Cervece. cute. Which is beer.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's like Spanish yeah. for beer. Cerveza Cervece. being Spanish for beer.
2: Yeah. Nice um, one. But what's really interesting is 250 of the 1500 yeast species, only 250 of them can do this uh, sugar into carbon dioxide and alcohol.
1: Mm-hmm. And what, then, do, what do the others do? They just hang out. They're just vibing. They're, they're just, just They're waiting for the Some of them
2: are bad for you. Like some of them like spoil food, mm. can make us sick, but some of them- make bread and beer and wine. So, right. And what's really great for us is that the process of like basically the process of making bread or making beer or making wine is conducive to the yeast that we like that doesn't hurt us and mm-hmm. that, that process is bad and for the other yeast.
1: Right. Okay. Right. So it gets rid of it. So it gets rid of it. So nice. we, we
2: sort of have this nice kind of like symbiotic relationship because also without us oh. cultivating weed, without us cultivating fruits, they wouldn't have nowhere to be. They wouldn't exist anymore. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we've cultivated these specific strains. Yeah. Which are good for us. By
0: boozing. Yeah. So it's like symbiotic where we like, we help each other. Yeah. But like the, um, and like the fact that it produces alcohol. So you're saying that that's kind of, because alcohol is really, really just like deadly to most forms of, fungus and bacteria yes, and stuff Yes. and small organisms and humanity uh <laughs> and the correct volume yeah yeah so it's trying to take us down as well <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: yeah it's, it does it just to the point where it's like we're f- having a bit of fun but we're not dead because they need us <laughs> well
0: that's exactly right because like you know as, as we talked about <laughs> poison then but not too much get them hooked that's the voice of yeast <laughs> poison <and> then <laughs> but not too much i love that yeah because um you know obviously like alcohol for a long time, it's not as alcoholic as, as contemporary alcohol, like beer and wine. Mm. We talked about that in the beer episode. Like, you know, beer for a long time was just something that was safe to drink, safer to drink than yeah. water and had nutritional values. It was an, in fact, the alcohol was just preserving the grains. Yeah, it was a pr- preservative.
2: So of the 250 yeast species that can do the sugar into carbon dioxide and alcohol, only 24 of them actually make things taste better. <laughs> So the rest of them just make things taste worse. Nice. Or spoil food. Okay. And so it's sort of like we've somehow lucked out that the the grains and like fruits and everything that we use happen to be symbiotically like sort of working with the yeast that makes things taste better. But doesn't
1: that suggest I mean like it's probably the other way around, right? That it's just like, you know, we form kind of civilization that isn't kind of like a wandering kind of group. Like mm-hmm. we, we settle and then it's like the things that taste nice is the things that we We grow, we yeah, grow, I suppose. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way and of, of sick, it. And then we all get sick and and the world arguably gets worse. Just from <laughs> that point on.
2: And so to get We shouldn't have done this. Yeah. To get a bit deeper into how exactly yeast is doing this, I actually have some diagrams. Um, so yeah. It,
0: yeah. So you're talking about the process of creating the CO two and the alcohol? Yes.
2: Because mm. Without So the alcohol is formed whether you're doing bread or whether you're doing beer. Um, But basically there's like anaerobic and aerobic processes. So whether or not there's air being allowed to be in the process Mm -hmm. or whether oxygen is not allowed to be in the process, produces different concentrations of the both and also produces either allows carbon dioxide to disappear or traps carbon dioxide. And these all play different parts in producing whatever product you're after. Okay. So... There's respiration and fermentation. I have a little diagram. <laughs> That's we will great. put these on the Instagram. Yeah,
1: we'll put these on Instagram. Because Show everybody the at, diagram at the Music and Everything podcast if you want to check us on it.
2: Yeah. So basically, fermentation by yeast, which is all all of this process, is fermentation. Like none of it is is a different process, but respiration just basically means that they they're allowing oxygen into the process. Mm-hmm. So you get this like sugar molecule, which is like a. Six it's like a it's a six uh it's a cool little hexagon. It's like a hexagon, thank you. I was like, what is the name of that six-sided shape <laughs> that I used to draw incessantly? And that gets broken down into two. I ethanol. used to do the
1: little S, you know the one like on, that you do on all your school books. Oh yeah, that's your, sick. If the universal <laughs> S. Yeah, uh, they still shape. do that.
2: Kids still do that though. Yeah, yeah. It's passed down. Um so generation to generation. Ethanol and carbon dioxide. If you let that go further and slower, you also develop lactic acid. And when we talk about sourdough, that's a really important element of that. But essentially. Oh, right.
0: So this what creates the sourness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But
2: the thing that's happening for the yeast is the yeast by breaking down the glucose is actually giving itself ATP, which is the same thing that everything needs yeah, to like live. Yeah, all of the
1: things that you've described are to do with human exercise as well. Yes. Like yeah. my background in human exercise is making me go, um, am, I right now? <laughs> am I yeast? You go for a run, it's just like I'm more yeast than I was
0: when I left. Yes. Well, I mean, it, yeah, it is eating stuff and expelling yeah. stuff and the lactic, for energy.
2: And the lactic acid is produced in anaerobic exercise because it can't produce... Like CO two in the same How way. focused,
1: and this is a, how focused is yeast on gains? I mean, like, how <laughs> well, is it interested in it getting grows. swole? It I mean, is, is that what makes bread? Because,
2: bread? because that's what makes bread get right. Bread so, like, bread lovely. is just
1: chad yeast. Uh, yeah,
2: that's a really and sourdough is like chad yeast. It's the giga chad it's, yeast. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because so, I'm just gonna rewind a bit and go. Uh, when did we discover yeast? Because we've obviously been interacting with this. For centuries, ancient mm-hmm. people were making wine. They were, they weren't necessarily. I think there was leavened bread in ancient Rome.
0: Yes, yes, there was. So but they, they were actually late to the party on that one.
2: Oh, lame. Um, classic. Classic <laughs> Rome. I
0: mean, actually, classic.
2: <laughs> Classical. Yeah, because
0: yeah. like Pliny the Elder or whatever was like, oh, uh, well, the the colony's bread is way better because it's all like puffy and soft. Yeah, and our bread sucks and it's dense and it's that flat. We should do something was about so it. So like grass is greener though you oh know and I
2: mean? like Pliny, comes up so often when he was talking about yeast I don't know what that guy was doing he was
0: writing about this a lot yeah and then he died in Pompeii which I didn't actually know really yeah. anyway yeah well, mm-hmm. there's an there's an we have his that. body the <laughs> <laughs> like, next episode is Pliny
2: <laughs> No, the next episode
1: is like the music in pyroclastic flow <laughs>
2: That's incredible. Um, So when did we discover yeast? When did we realize that this was a friend of ours? This was Mm. a thing that was... Because everyone just thought that it was like magic. Or like... (laughs) (laughs) It is the
1: process. It's just what happens, It's just what happens. Don't ask questions. questions. Just keep making yummy bread.
2: (laughs) the Dutch naturalist, Anton van Leeuwenhoek...
1: Can I see the spelling of that? Just the funsies? Yeah, you can. No, I'm not trying. (laughs) Uh, let me spell it. This is this is so good. So the spelling of this last name is L-W-E-U-W-E-N-H-O-E-K. And that's why I'm not trying.
2: Yeah, and I did my best attempt. So he observes it in a microscope because before before they were... This is also... The Wikipedia got so sassy with this.
3: Okay.
1: They
2: were like, this is the first time it was used for anything useful, the microscope. Oh, okay. And I'm like, that's so bitchy. Uh, citation needed. <laughs> yeah, is. I'm like, oh um. my God. Um, and then... So they he saw it as a microscopic organism. So they were like, "Oh, okay, so it's this microscopic thing." It's, it's an actual like the first time they ever saw it I and love then, the
1: idea that it's like the first person to see a microscopic organism like the, the, how is the reaction not oh god oh god oh my god oh no <laughs> like,
0: because of the thing is though, at the time they didn't make the connection between there are microscopic organisms and we get sick from microscopic organisms yeah, they
1: didn't have that but even still so, it's still terrifying that it's just like <laughs> it's just like hey
0: turns out all
1: life is minuscule and we may be just like a pile of invisible things and we have no <laughs> self-control or sentience and like uh, I'm, I'm a brain attached to a whole bunch of thread and snakes that are in, <laughs> that are in my fingers and I, I don't understand. what Yeah, yeah
2: so that is that is true. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was in 1680. 16- well, when you
0: put it that way. <laughs>
2: yeah, 1680 that happened. And then it wasn't until 1837 that Theodore Schwam, Schwam, Schwam? Schwam? S8, S-C-H-W-A-N-N, S- Schwan.
1: Schwan. Let's He, reckons- Schwan. he yes.
2: <laughs> classified them as a fungus. So he classified them in the fungi family. So
1: is, did he, like, how did he come to that conclusion?
2: Don't, don't know. He was just like, that looks like a fungus He's just to me. a fungi. <laughs> Get out of here. Anyway,
1: thanks for listening and um, uh, take And then, care of each other. And
2: then <laughs> it wasn't, you might know this, it wasn't, it wasn't until 1857 when the French microbiologist, anyone want to guess who, the, who this guy is? Is a very famous guy.
0: I don't. Is he Louis Pasteur? It is
2: Pasteur. Which I happened
0: okay. already. No, and it wasn't a guess. <laughs> <laughs> you could have got away with you it. You could
2: maybe. have really, yeah. yeah. So he showed that by bubbling oxygen into a yeast broth, cell growth could be increased, and fermentation was inhibited. So basically, what he did is he proved that alcoholic fermentation was caused by the living yeast did on the stuff. Did you stuff. really
1: just use the word "proved" discussing yeast? <laughs> Let's go. (laughs) I get in trouble for my puns. Mine was
2: unintentional. Okay, so Um, that's fair. And it it wasn't a chemical catalyst that was doing it. So he basically proved, by basically proving the opposite, that if you introduced oxygen in fermentation, stopped. And so, therefore not having oxygen meant that alcoholic fermentation was... Hap- I don't know. So, yeah, alcoholic the-
0: fermentation requires no oxygen. Yes, is it's the anaerobic. Discover. The right. chemists yeah. were arguing, oh, no, it's some chemist- chemical thing that's doing that outside of the yeast. Yes. And he proved that the yeast actually did it. And that fascinates me because they knew about the, the yeast's like, microbial existence Yes, for like centuries. But then they just thought it was a guy. Just some guy. <laughs> you know, they were just like, oh, it's in the yeast. Who cares? Well, <laughs> and yeah, then, like, it, it they didn't actually prove and know for sure that it was actually the yeast causing the process.
2: Until like 200 years later. Yeah, mm. until the
0: 1800s. It's just yeah. it's amazing to think that we've been making bread and like beer and wine and kimchi and like... It's, yeah, it's and just, we, just how
2: it works. <laughs>
0: don't ask questions.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and so then it wasn't until the late 18th century where the two yeast strains used in brewing specifically were identified, which is the Saccharomyces mm-hmm, cerevisiae, sure. which yes. is the top fermenting, and the Saccharomyces... Okay... <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Let's
1: go. Give it a okay. shot.
2: Caris Bagenis.
1: I'm so happy with that. Bottom fermenting. I'm content with your pronunciation. Thank
2: you. Um. Second etymology, if you guys want to have a cheeky do. double etymology Let's in this episode. Let's do it. So, i just taking breaks. Saccharomyces is Greek. Mm-hmm. What do you mm-hmm. think it's Greek for?
1: Uh, Beer, beer stuff. Yeast.
2: Yas. <laughs> Yas. <Yes. laughs> you know the answer to this. So I'm not letting you answer this. I actually don't. So sacra is sugar mm-hmm. and myces is fungus. So it's literally. Oh, sugar. My,
0: myces. Yeah,
2: mycelial, mycelial network. network from Star Trek, Trek Discovery. Discovery. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's
0: yeah. The, the cue, but, but
2: no, but also mycelium networks are a real thing that exists in it's 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 like root. So fungus Which is, is great
1: because now we just it doesn't have to exist in a bad television. Exactly.
2: <laughs> so basically the mycelium network is the way that trees can share resources between them through the the fungus in their root network. That's networks. how they chat. That's how they hang out with each other. I want a
1: mushroom ship. You want to through, <laughs> travel the... Anyway.
2: So, yeah, Saccharomyces literally translates to sugar-eating fungus. So, it's like...
0: It is the most oh. boring. It's is what it says on the it box. It is what it says oh, it's on the it. box. That's why it's called a sugar fungus. Well it's just called the sugar fungus sometimes, which I think is kind of funny. Yeah. The sugar fungus in our lives.
1: I reckon if I was gonna make a beer, I would just call it the sugar fungus. And it would not sell and it would be <laughs> Actually if I was to make a beer, it would just be bad, wouldn't it? Because the
2: thing <laughs> I is, reckon, yeah. So, seven, I mean, we've already spoken about how detailed that process
0: yeah. is. Baker's slash brewer's yeast. Yes. Well it's kind of technically brewer's yeast. Um cerveza. Yeah. Well,
2: mm-hmm. That's the one that's
0: used for most things.
2: Yes, it can be used for a lot of different things.
0: But I'm pretty sure you can have some other ones that you mentioned that is, is like wild ones for like specialty wines and specialty beers you can have ones that use just the wild yeasts that are just already on the grapes uh-huh. rather than adding your own starter cultures to the mix are
1: those closer to OG wine
0: yeah definitely because right. remember they didn't know of course yeah. they wouldn't, they wouldn't <laughs> add this thing just to, I just add yeast to it well, <laughs> I like, don't ask questions sorry I should say like <laughs> early on they didn't know like later on they, they knew this foamy stuff they had starter culture and in fact like bakeries and stuff would keep the foam and, and keep it going mm-hmm. like a sourdough starter cuz that's what a sourdough starter is yeah, they, sourdough they get starters flour use and sugar and they, yeast. right
2: they yeah. collect the yeast from the air in the house
0: yeah sourdough is literally cultivating wild yeast from the air and the flour and mixing it together and with, with the sugar so it has the yeast i love this yeah yeah that's so cool and it makes foam and that because the co2 and making the foam that's why it's foamy can
1: i just ask a question about the two types of the Saccharomyces that we mm-hmm. use? you mentioned top fermenting and bottom fermenting can you clarify what that
2: is? so if you remember from the beer episode ale, probably not no. yeah okay so ale is produced by top fermenting yeast which means all of all of the uh, processes are happening right at the top of, it's literally at the top of the of the um
1: Oh, so it's just where the, the foam back. is at. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And so
2: then lager is bottom fermenting, which basically means that it's all happening like the yeast sinks to the bottom. Of it's the so thing. it's just literal. It's, it's literal. Like, okay, yeah, right, they're okay. not entirely yeah. literal. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it produces everything
1: g- about this is just it is what it says <laughs> yeah. on the tin. Which it's I the sugar fungus. <laughs> the top ones at the top. The bottom ones at the yeah. bottom.
2: Stop us. And what does it do? It creates bubbles. So even yeah. yeast is like it's just what it says on the tin. Yeah, I love it.
0: Um. You know, the bread is not technically like a solid, it's like, <laughs> you can't, no, 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 you can't, okay, so here's the thing, you can't drop a bomb
1: like that with just, you know, I, you can't, you've got to prepare me for what? that.
2: Okay, I need bread to- Bread ex- is technically
1: a foam. Or it's a gas in solid solution. So it's, the bread is just really slowly creeping towards you. <laughs> you okay. got to eat it before it reaches you
2: <laughs> I'm so or you it's be- like,
1: become the mother dough. <laughs> it's like bitumen roads. The roads are traveling with you. Yeah, we all return to the mothers.
2: Okay. Okay. What are We've, we talking about? Honestly. I
0: threw you off track there, Sam. You I? really
2: did. Okay. <laughs> so, before we get into our historical relationship with yeast and yeah. bread and all of the byproducts of yeast, mm-hmm. I think it's important to really understand what... Is happening in the process of yeast doing its thing. Yeah. So obviously we know naturally sugar gets converted to carbon dioxide in a gas form and eth- and ethanol alcohol in a yeah. liquid form.
1: And it makes a creeping foam that is delicious.
2: Yes. So what's distinct about say bread making versus brewing? I'm sorry. So you're just well, like losing your shit sorry, over there. Yeah. Go on. Okay. Still
1: laughing about bread being <laughs> foam. Yeah. Okay. Continue <laughs>
2: with legs. Okay. So and, and like as we so basically what happens is in Alcohol processes, Mm -hmm. the carbon dioxide is able to be released. It's bubbled off. Okay, you need to pull your shit together. (laughs) (laughs) Just out here giggling. It's very adorable. Go on, my dear. (laughs) And so the um alcohol is sort of concentrated into the vat, and that's what's sort of left is the alcohol. Because the carbon dioxide kind of bubbles off. Right. Okay. And it gets it's allowed to leave. Yeah. Um, what happens in bread is that because of the elasticity of the dough, the, mm. carbon, the carbon dioxide can't escape, and so that's, it's trapped. It's trapped within.
0: Okay. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> I'm coughing. Leave me
2: alone. <laughs> and that that's what makes the, the dough rise. That's like the classic thing that you like. The dough rises. You get bubbles, and that's also what makes soft, fluffy air pockets in the bread that create that texture. Because okay. it's trapped inside. The alcohol stays as well. It still produces alcohol in bread making. That's why you have sort of like a beer smell when you're proofing bread. Yeah. But the alcohol just adds flavor. Yeah. So it's obviously is,
0: you're putting it in an oven, which at the moment you put it in an oven, like 10 minutes later, all that yeast is dead.
2: And all the alcohol is probably burned off.
1: So is this why like... Overworking a dough. Mm-hmm. Like you're pushing carbon dioxide out by doing that, which means yeah. that's why it doesn't rise as much and that's why it Indeed. doesn't have that nice. Also, kind
0: of so in the oven, um, one of the reasons why it rises, because as I said, like, you know, in a few minutes, the yeast is all killed. Mm-hmm. So the only reason why it keeps rising, you know, when it when it kind of over rises, yeah, is because there's there's lots of steam pockets. So there right. and then it's actually steam expanding and being created. So, so now we're pushing it's the, that's the dough. Literally out, the it's not the yeast doing that.
1: Reason the scientific reason behind underworking and
0: overworking does yes yeah
2: fuck you either don't have enough like carbon dioxide in there to make it fluffy or you've and or you haven't let this is why like underproofing is like you kind of left with something that doesn't have this like rich flavor it hasn't expanded enough which means you don't have enough air to like allow for the cooking to like do the thing and overworking is you've just pushed too much out yeah wow. and you got too much of a gluten com- a gluten kind of complex mm-hmm. uh, versus like air pockets of air, but this is this is where sort of the distinction between sort of like normal I, I use the word normal because this is what the sourdough community calls it. Normal bread versus sourdough bread. Okay. And so normal bread is usually using fast yeast. Okay. So that means that the the puffing process, all of the like uh carbon dioxide ethanol process very quick it happens mm-hmm. pretty much instantaneously you are often feeding the yeast as well you're probably adding sugar yeah to let let it kind of go and that all happens really quickly so you get a fast rise you get a lot of air mm-hmm. which it allows for sort of this like light fluffy dough and that's why
1: if you were making like because I've, I've made a whole bunch of like um asian style steamed buns and stuff yes. and there would be extra sugar added to that yes because it gets that really nice fluffy texture and stuff
2: yeah yeah and, and then what you and then you have certain kind of like Bread recipes, like the no-knead method, which are usually the fluffiest because you're not handling the dough that much. Right. And then you've got to deal with like the hydration factors, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah. In sourdough, it is like deliberately sl- like slowing down the process so okay. because you're essentially not waking the yeast up mm-hmm. straight away. So like, you know, when you're getting dry yeast and you have to put it in water.
1: And you, you, bloom, and you, it you and bloom it. You bloom it yeah. because
2: uh, yeast, you've got something about this yeast when it comes in a packet surrounded by like a whole bunch yeah. of dead yeast, right? Yeah, yeah. So like there's,
0: there's kind of a journey with like the industrialization of yeast because oh, you you guys are probably thinking like the yeast packets that you have at home maybe to make bread or something. That's called active dry yeast. Mm-hmm. And that's a really recent invention from the from the Second World War. Second World War on yes. so, so basically you've got like ancient method, which is the bowl that's been left out too long. Let's mm-hmm. try it. Which is the
2: sourdough method coming back.
0: <laughs> Literally, it's both well, kind of. And then you've got the, the sort of the foam which is the starter, which is kind of closer to sourdough. It's called a balm, by the way. Um, uh, uh, how do you spell that? B a r m. A barm. A barm. A barm. A barm. <laughs> a barm. Yeah. Um, the, the foamy stuff that you that you use to basically rise things. Uh-huh. And you get yeast is kind of slowly industrialized, um, and so you got cake and compressed yeast, which is that stuff that kind of looks like a tofu or butter. I wonder if barm, like, is the origin of the word barmy. As in, insane. <laughs> but yes, like, so to industrialize yeast, you needed to have the post pasture knowledge that it exists and it matters. Mm-hmm. And then you need all the industrial equipment to actually do it. And like t- the idea of a centrifuge to compress the yeast dried together. Dried yeast on mass, yeah. And dried yeast is essentially like they dry it. And so there's a col- each little grain is like a colony of l- living yeast. Yeah, because like the thing is, I
1: think of. A yeast, as, <laughs> as one, of one of the those like grains. little grains. No, of No, that's this like thing, right? a gazillion yeast. Yeah, because that when you mentioned that, it's just like bajillions of
0: them. Yeah, but they're like, encased in like a husk of dead yeast. Right. That's dried on the outside. And that's, and so Carl that's Sagan's why... pale beige dot. <laughs> 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 but that's why you're so you hydrate it. So with the dried yeast, that's why you have to put it in the warm water with the sugar, maybe, and to let it the yeast wake up because it needs to break free of its bonds. Yeah. And okay. it needs the basically the food food fuel to do that and to break through. That's and, crazy. An instant yeast is slightly different to that, where it's just like it's faster rise again. Yeah, and that's the stuff that's it's just the same thing, but it's got more live yeast in it, basically. That's, wow. that's Yeah, and
2: things. so sourdough, you're actually having to start like your starter is something where you actually have to like give the yeast time to like start doing its process <laughs> and waking up, which is it's sort of like a weird thing to think about because yeast can kind of hibernate. For okay. a while, they don't have to like. They can just kind of. Not, it's
1: not in a rush to.
2: No, they just do kind of what buying. you want it to do. Exactly, <laughs> and so starters and the the reason I say sourdough is sort of like returning to kind of like older methods of making leavened bread is because they had starters in the ancient world. Plenty the elder again again <laughs> Jesus hidden up plenty. He mm. recommended making starter from dead wasps because the wasps would uh be covered in yeast from their pollinating and then you would put them basically in a jar with like flour and water and, and this
1: is when he was sent in exile to Pompeii yes yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah but you stop can,
0: doing this here
3: <laughs>
2: so basically what you can do is you can there's, there's all these processes where you like mix water and flour and then cover it and leave it in a warm spot for 24 hours and then the next day, stir in some more water, stir in some more flour, let it sit for another 24 hours. And then by that point, you're probably going to start seeing some bubbling and then you have to like split the thing. And it's a very involved process, having yeah. a starter. And it's so involved that you can have starters that are passed down from generation to generation. I there feel like family- barm
1: is a nice... Word yes. versus wasp soup. Yes. I think it's yes. much better. <laughs> I think
2: that's, it's going to sell better, definitely. Yeah. And so you end up having this like bubbly mixture, and then that is what you use to make bread. But like, so you're having to like do all of this work to get to a point where then you can have a sort of like activated yeast mush mm. to then put into your dough. But then with sourdough, you mix it all together and you let it slow ferment for like 18 hours, 24 mm. hours, long, long time because it's it's rising really, really slowly. It's a slow fermentation, which is good. Which is, it
0: creates a lot of flavor that way, right? It creates a lot of flavor, yeah. but
2: also makes it easier for certain people with gluten intolerances to eat bread. Right. Because you have this process, because they're diagram. also collecting diagram, because you're also collecting other bacteria in your household, not just yeast, you're also collecting like um, lactobacillus and stuff like that. So like the stuff that they use to make yogurt. Yeah. So that helps produce lactic acid and lactic acid is a part that partially digests the gluten, which means that there's actually less gluten in the bread. So sourdough is reduced
1: gluten. Does sourdough also have like big air bubbles in it as well? Big air bubbles,
2: but denser.
1: Right. So m- the thing is, I don't eat a lot of sourdough, so I'm having trouble picturing it. Yeah. In my so mind. I mean, I can like pull, every Let me pull up a picture of
2: sourdough because I toast. do think it's like. I can't afford
1: to eat at a cafe, so. No, neither can I.
2: Yeah, <laughs> sourdough.
1: But I saw. One Once. I imagine it's amazing.
2: Yeah. Have
0: like, you seen the cafes, brother? <laughs>
2: So, yeah, so, like, that slow fermentation, amazing flavour because the alcohol is what imparts the flavour in the dough and then you've also got this lactic acid and you've got this sort of, like, slow, rising, very bready flavour. Um, let me see if That's I That's what
0: I want for my bread?
1: Mm-hmm. The flavour of bread. So you, oh, okay, right, we have a picture now as well, yeah. which, again, we'll it's put just it... Great. Have a look, at we'll we'll everybody. I'm going to get a post on Instagram of, yeah, like, so you, all of what's necessary. So,
2: what's really interesting is you have this th- really dense crust. The crumb, which is basically the space between all of the, like, the crumb is really dense, mm-hmm. um, whereas like on like white bread, it's quite floppy, and, and that means the crumb is kind of loose. Yeah. and then you got these big holes in it from okay. air being trapped in it because mm-hmm. it's
1: and it's got a much stronger flavour, much stronger flavour, okay,
2: right. and again the the, la, the the sort of gluten has been sort of partially digested as well. So again, it's kind of got this. Less irritable sort of element. I love it. this
0: because, you know, when you're describing the starter being passed down from generation to generation, it's so counterintuitive because, like, it's so gross. <laughs> like, you're ostensibly yeah. mm. just you have like to burp it. a bowl of rotting stuff, yeah, Essentially like, decomposing flour and other things. Happy birthday! <laughs>
2: no, I mean, you have to burp it.
0: You have to burp
2: it? Yeah, so like you, once you get it to the point where it's like a starter, you keep it in a jar, but you do occasionally have to feed it and you have to burp it. You have to the like
0: barm get- is a wee barm.
2: <laughs> the wee barn. <bird. laughs> yeah. And you
0: have to open it to let yeah. the gas escape is what you're saying.
2: So the other thing, so not only does it break down the gluten, but it also increases the fiber co- content. So it actually is like better for your stomach in that respect. Well, does It, it doesn't,
0: wouldn't, wouldn't it like not decrease the fiber content? No, so
2: basically it-, it, it, Sorry, it, it Am I
0: being pedantic with that? But like, it's more
2: just like because- the fiber is easier to access in this bread, if that makes sense, because of all of these processes. It is a better thing for your stomach. And also also, it's more nutritious, apparently. I don't know if there's any scientific evidence to say it's more nutritious. Yeah, Yeah, I'm like like questioning that concept, but it makes sense that it would have these sort of extra elements.
0: I mean, I guess it depends on what you're comparing it to because so I think it's a great contrast with the industrialization of bread as well because sourdough is essentially your ancient leavened bread. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's not that dissimilar to what people did in Egypt, yeah. Just with different grains, maybe different bowls. I yeah, don't know. and there's like <laughs> there's
2: certain there's certain like ancient yeast that they've managed to collect from vessels like jars and stuff that they can only. Start do a starter with certain grains because they actually don't like wheat; they only like like farro or something like that.
0: Yeah, talk about those yeast that survived two thousand years at the bottom. Yeah, because they a can just go to jug. sleep. They can just be like mm. yep. oh, And then it's like we're gonna make ancient bread today. It's really cool, mm. unreal. But yeah, so like the the white bread that we know today, um, like that's really recent as well. It's pretty much just the late nineteenth century onwards is when industrial bread really happened as a thing because of industrialized yeast. They could make bakers bakers yeast on a huge scale. Mm. And on top of that, there was this innovation that I I actually don't remember what it was called, um, but it was from it's from Britain, and it was a it was a way of um, doing bread uh, to rise really fast and you know in a really cheap way with not that many grains. You would mm. filter out all of the um, grains and stuff, so you're left only with the parts of it that make the white bread. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get rid of the husk and all. Yeah, you get rid sort of the stuff. husk. Um, and the reason why they were making the white bread is kind of interesting on this industrial scale because. You know how like we think of white bread as like cheap bread? Like we were just saying like, oh, I don't, haven't seen sourdough in a while because I yeah. can't afford to go to a cafe. What are you, yeah. crazy? Um, so like white bread used to be high status. Right. Because in like before the industrial era, white bread was like the, like what, oh, that's, that's you know, obviously it's glowing. It's, it's pure. And it's, it's like a cake, clean.
1: It's closer to cake than, than bread. Yeah,
0: know? unlike the peasant's bread that would be made by some woman in a dusty shop. Mm-hmm. that's more, closer to sourdough. And what happened is because they learned how to make white bread so cheaply and it's this really not very nutritious bread, mm-hmm. really low in fiber by comparison, goes off really easily. I love that it's like right now we're coming off like we're in the pocket of big sourdough. Like you know,
1: <laughs> the, the, We are not children of the mother. I want to clarify
0: this. <laughs> um, and so over the course of only a little while, by you know the 20th century, white bread becomes that's... Sort of the cheap bread. Yeah. And sourdough becomes the specialty thing that we go, ooh, that'd be, let's have a fancy Bit bread. Bit fancy. Bit fancy, we'll have the, the starter one, you know? <laughs> like, it's, it's so funny. Without the luxury of time. Mm. And also, it's sliced. Sliced bread.
2: When was sliced Pre-slice?
0: bread? Pre-slice. I'm glad that you asked. Yeah, when?
2: Because when, when, we always say it's like, oh, it's, you know, best, the best things in sliced, sliced bread. bread. So yeah. when was that? Do you know that? the reason why we say that? Why? Because I do. Um, <laughs> oh, good. So sliced bread <laughs> was you're invented. you're about to.
0: <laughs> sliced bread was invented. Now, I know what you're saying, like, thinking, like, sliced bread wasn't invented. I slice bread all the time. Yeah. Like, I obviously, people sliced, sliced bread. I so. purchase <laughs> sliced bread. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> Bags of pre-sliced bread to go, yeah. oh, I don't want to slice bread myself. Screw that. So that was invented by Otto Frederick Roeder in 1928. 1928.
1: Okay. 1928. And when we say so, invented, And ever since then,
0: new innovations
1: have been compared to that moment.
0: <laughs> yeah, to that it must glorious be, I mean, moment.
2: groundbreaking, honestly. <laughs> right. It's yeah.
0: actually pretty funny because the ad for it said, quote, the greatest forward step in the baking industry since bread was wrapped... Which sounded like a joke, but then I realized that that idiom of the best thing since sliced bread hadn't been developed yet. Of because course not. <laughs> and the, the idiom was based off that ad, So was making joke. fun of that ad. It's a joke. It's a joke. That's amazing. It's oh. actually pretty funny. Holy fuck. Yeah, because they'd invented pre-wrapped bread like twenty years earlier, you know. But when
2: you say pre-wrapped bread, do you mean like they just like industrial put it thing in a bag, in a bag, put it in it in the bag. bag yeah.
0: and they sell it in a bag, rather than like here's your loaf? They used to just carry it around, just tuck it in
1: your bra. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, oh, just, I like, mean, chuck it it could. Yeah. Anyway, sliced bread was a huge
0: hit. You used to have bread holsters that you just chuck things on? Like, I want to have a bread holster. The story goes (laughs) that in 1943, the US actually banned sliced bread briefly. (sighs) Is this a puritanical thing? Is this a German thing? What? No, it's... Okay, excellent thoughts. But no, it's because... (laughs) of the uh, machines because they were saving on steel and use of machines and and all of that. So they didn't want to make any more sliced bread machines. Because, you know, the guy who invented sliced bread, he didn't invent the concept of sliced bread, obviously. He invented the machine to manufacture sliced bread. Yeah, okay.
2: Um, So then sliced bread became this, like, Contraband, Like, I got your sliced bread. For, like,
0: two <laughs> seconds. It was, like, two months they lifted it because everyone was very angry at them for getting rid of their sliced
2: bread. Because they're just like, I threw away my bread knife. Like, I didn't think I had to worry about this anymore. <laughs> and now you've taken it away from me. And my I children want are to starving. to experience
0: the
1: luxuries that I have become accustomed to. <laughs> sliced white bread. bread.
0: Uh, wow. So fancy.
1: Amazing. So like, was this just in order to manufacture
0: weaponry or something? Yeah, like? and it was just steel shortages and stuff. Right. They didn't want to manufacture more sliced bread machines. Yeah, okay. So I thought, oh, no more of that. Stop doing that.
2: Yeah, an unnecessary <laughs> so, it, luxury. It
0: does seem like an unnecessary luxury because you just need a knife and you cut the bread. Yeah. I
2: mean, you say that, but have you tried to cut a straight I slice Yeah, of I, and also like,
0: like
1: I always cut them too thick and that's bullshit. And you
0: can
2: yeah. have a sandwich the size of your fist, yeah. you know. Like, yeah. That's, yeah, it's hard out here. In these streets.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, we've talked a lot about bread, and obviously, yeast creates helps us create leavened bread, but it also helps us create alcohol, which has been a huge part of human Mm. existence. Um, And the question sort of begs as to why. We keep doing that. <laughs> now, so got, returning to the bowl of soup in the in the back in the beer episode, we made yeah. this joke as well. there's the bowl of of barley soup, and it goes dare bad. you to and drink you're like, it. I dare you to drink it. Let's you go. Drink it. It's good. Yeah. You keep doing it. Turns out it's good. Like keeping in mind, alcohol to some animals just kills them, <laughs> like, like snails. Yeah, like snails. A lot of things kill snails. Yeah, but.
2: they're like a poor example. They're very yeah. vulnerable. But mm.
0: so there's this theory as to why. Um, humans use yeast and have a sort of relationship with yeast to begin with. And as like yeasty things and the things yeast do, we kind of keep eating or drinking. And it's called the drunken monkey hypothesis. Okay. Can we just uh, like portmanteau that to the drunky hypothesis? Because I enjoy that.
2: Drunky? The drunky (laughs) Drunky hypothesis. hypothesis.
0: The drunky hypothesis, (laughs) uh, coined by biologist Robert Dudley in 2008. (laughs) Um, has this idea that we, we basically have inherited this attraction to alcohol and, and yeast and its smell and its taste and also developed a tolerance for it because we used to eat a ton of fruit because we're like partly foraging animals. Mm-hmm. So like, it, And the difference as well is that we're from a family of primates that um, went down from the trees down to the forest floor and walked around, mm-hmm. so we were walking around Dumbest eating. it's out it's actually quite nice down here. And yeah, but uh,
2: also then our knees and ankles are fucked for the rest of our lives. So yeah. like, thanks guys. mine are <laughs> for sure. Yeah,
0: because if you're up in the top of the trees, there's fruit, but you're eating fruit that's less ripe because it's like hasn't fallen. Yeah, <laughs> so it's still it's still up there. Mm. So it takes more energy for your body to consume it and digest it, and you don't get as much from it. So you want to eat really ripe fruit and almost over fruit, mm. fruit like a, like a slightly mushy banana.
1: Yeah, and also interestingly, I mean. We talk about flavor and it's like a banana's <laughs> Samantha flavor. Samantha doesn't like this. <laughs> <laughs> but that's when you make banana bread. Yes. Um, but like if, you know, like the, a banana's flavor to humans is strongest and fullest and nicest when it is slightly overripe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, you know, like,
0: underripe banana is far worse,
1: right? Yeah. But yes. chalky. But that's not a universal truth. That is human truth. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that yeah, makes sense. Of Interesting.
0: Um, yeah, so like, you know, our nose is basically... So the hypothesis goes, our nose is sort of seeking out the, the smell of the yeasty alcohol. Because of course what happens with the fallen fruit, if it gets really ripe, is mm-hmm. it starts to decompose mm-hmm. and starting to ferment on the ground mm. with the natural yeasts that are in the dirt air and on the fruit. And it's like it's a difference between eating a, a, a piece of like perfect fruit and going yes and eating a fermenting fruit and going yah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the drunky <laughs> hypothesis yeah. so yeah like we're like fruit flies in the sense that we can detect that smell we know what that is fascinating another thing is as well is this you know I mentioned that alcohol just kills a whole bunch of animals and like it or, mm-hmm. or hits them real hard mm-hmm. but like so if you eat a bunch of very ripe fruit you will be consuming a small amount of alcohol with that because it's yeah. been fermented by the yeast um so we actually have all humans have an enzyme that we've genetically been passed down mm-hmm. that breaks down the alcohol it's called ADH or alcohol, do you, want
2: me to have a, do you want me to have a squeeze on that word? Let's have the Samantha
0: version. Of. <laughs>
2: dehydrogenase. Yeah, dehydrogenase, I think, is how... Excellent. Yeah. ADH. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll just call it ADH. Um, it's,
0: it's basically it's, it's, uh, it's a whole part of the chromosome that, it, that deals with um, breaking down alcohol. And so theoretically,
1: according to Old Mate, this yes. is like... And the drunky hypothesis, this is as a result of us just protecting us from the alcohol content in slightly fermented fruit. Because we were fruit.
2: eating fruit from the ground because we were yeah. not in the trees anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so like there's different genes involved, but lots of bats that have alcohol that breaks down in that way. Sorry, a fruit that breaks down in that way, that, that kind of rots in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, They're kind of really Im- impervious to alcohol, relatively speaking. So well, that's like from bats. areas where... I think there's like Egyptian bats that aren't, don't have fruit that doesn't ferment in quite the same way or something. Mm. And then that's not what they eat all the time. And they gave them a whole bunch of alcohol and they got really drunk. Uh, it doesn't sound like it ethical research messy. to me, but yeah. Um, yeah. So, but the funny thing is so it's there's like other primates. to the origin of the term two pot screamer. Um. <laughs> <laughs> the, so, we've, uh, we share it with, well, we share it with um, chimpanzees. Makes sense because they're also on the forest floor. Bonobos Classic. and gorillas. They're all hanging yeah. out, so they have that s- exactly the same little gene the ADH, yeah, that helps us break down the alcohol, mm-hmm. and so does the eye okay. Oh, did
2: you get a photo of the eye Do you I know didn't. what an eye looks I like? I love
0: an eye, they're the ones with the little finger, finger. Yeah. They're so, little. for, for those who don't know, the eye eye, yeah. is a lemur in Madagascar that's endangered, and it's just oh, so terrifying. And it's
1: got, I mean, like, its name, <laughs> oh, like, I don't know what its name actually means, but it is, look it it up. is practically onomatopoeic, it's like it, it has a pair of. Quite frankly, massive eyes. <laughs> oh, damn, it's on the tip of my brain
0: why it's called the eye-eye. Interesting. Um, anyway, so. It could, it could be called the fingy as well. Yeah, the fingy. Well, it's the thing is it's got this really long telescopic like. Skeletal finger. Skeletal finger. It's like a bony finger. And they use it to like they go along the trees and they tap, 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 tap. Mm-hmm. Along the, it's so frightening. Oh, you're making it frightening. And then they reach in and grab that bony finger, reaches in and grabs the bugs or whatever from the. Tree ball. And bark. it says yum yum yum. And it's I just puts it in a mouth. Could, the, the
1: fact is, you could make this adorable. And people are gonna look this up now. And they're gonna see photos and go like, no. It's not. Why did Sam do this?
0: <laughs> it's so frightening. Mm. Sadly, one of the reasons why it's endangered is actually like there's like um not only just because of habitat loss, but also it's like like a lot of traditional beliefs are that they're like evil, <laughs> and I kind of understand why. Right, like I'm describing okay. them as really, really creepy, but they're just animals. It's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. But it's just like like a lot of them are just like if you see them on a farm, it's it's cursed. Like you got to kill them on sight and stuff. <laughs> and okay. I re- very much relate to that. But of course, that's one of the reasons why they're endangered.
2: They called the AI because someone saw them and exclaimed,
0: "Really? Uh, really?
2: Yeah, that's no. the story that I have in front of me." I choose
0: I to believe that's bullshit. I think it's bullshit. Yeah, because I I thought I saw one that was from a from one of the Madagascan like languages. Hmm. Which made more sense. I love the idea that it just, like, <laughs> yeah. We call this one the. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> mm. Mm. Anyway, there's like there's a there's a sort of there's a story there's like a myth that they not only if they point their finger at you, you will soon die, mm-hmm. which is what it feels like. We I'm will sure. all soon die, <laughs> exactly. but they, if they point their finger um, at you, like if they could actually come into your house in the dead of night in, while you sleep and kill you by stabbing you with the finger straight through the heart. Okay, and that's not
2: true. Now, let's be (laughs) clear. Anyway, for reasons
0: that are not clear and we actually don't know, the I.I. has this uh, ADH4 gene that helps them break down alcohol, which doesn't make as much sense considering I just said that they eat a whole bunch of bugs from inside a tree.
2: So I do want to just... Clarify, the Ai are not an evil lemur, just in case okay, anyone's so, concerned. Yeah. They're totally fine. And they're they need really our kind of sweet. They have little rodent teeth and they're lovely. Oh,
0: yeah. They have rat teeth that never stop growing. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They have like buck teeth. But
2: they're not the harbingers of death.
0: Yes, and they have habitat Just to destruction. Be clear. They are objectively cursed. <laughs>
2: they are cursed. They do not curse. I think right. that's a good distinction.
0: II is the victim here. <laughs> there's lots of people looking after them in Madagascar, but of course, habitat loss is a serious problem. Anyway, so like for some reason, like different animals have this gene because they're only very distantly related to us. But the primate, the primary examples that are closest to us like your gorillas and your bonobos and your Mm -hmm. chimps they have it for the same reason and we have this sort of sense that we're attracted to the yeast and the alcohol because of um, our evolution that is such a
1: fascinating theory that excites me I'm ready to go yeah that's true (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's
2: eminent I of, accept. It's one accept of the theories that, that we've probably discussed on the podcast that I believe the most.
1: Yeah. Well, well it's, it's you know how we keep going to these like etymologies and go like yeah bullshit. <laughs>
0: uh, this one I'm just going no it's true guys. Fact. Believe it. Believe me. But yeah, no, it's, it's interesting though because then like so the, that's a deep time thing we were just talking about that's mm. kind of like humans evolution and stuff. But like in prehistory humans like we're talking like early cities and stuff.
2: Like Chateau Hayuk.
0: Chateau Hayuk. Yeah. The the, that's the, the Hayuk is like cities. the first city that we know about and it's from about 9,400 years ago, mm-hmm. which is really difficult to conceive of. Mm. So um, the start started
2: the agricultural revolution. Yes, man. the
0: agricultural revolution or the or the Neolithic revolution sometimes it's called. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, where well, all of a sudden sort of humans start settling down in one place. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> we They're all, just, so like, all <laughs> just settle down. Um,
2: Everyone just calms down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All Um,
0: right, so for once, if we could just stop being so hysterical, please. (laughs) And so this obviously had a lot to do with the development of agriculture. So instead of humans kind of way wander and like nomadic peoples do, they they find wild sources of protein, they find wild food, Mm -hmm. um, wild sources of um, fiber as well for clothes and and tents and things. Yeah. and all of a sudden, like, they're, they're, they're developing agriculture. Mm-hmm. But it's not actually clear. Like, we don't actually know exactly why we sat down to cities, right? Mm-hmm. We don't actually know. But agriculture is the, is the big one. Because it could have been like, oh, maybe people were doing little bits of farming here and there, but they lived apart and then they came together to drink the excess beer or something. Yeah. Or they came together to eat the surplus of so bread theoretically, and it's the other way around.
1: that it's like agriculture led to... Like sedentary kind of living. Yeah. Or or rather than the other way around.
0: Well, the thing is, they think that it's unlikely that we settled in cities and then developed mass agriculture because you just couldn't have fed that many people. Yeah. You couldn't have fed 5,000 people in stone buildings like Chattel Hayek or something without having grains. Being grown to make into bread, right? Yeah,
2: I don't think this is like a chicken and the egg debate. I think that there's a lot of. I, I think agriculture certainly. precedes, right. is actually an essential pre-component to the concept of like a, a settling society Interesting. and then civilization. But it's possibly. worth saying
0: though that like using like yeast and baking bread and including like unleavened breads and flat breads and stuff that doesn't need agriculture. It doesn't need, doesn't need cities. It doesn't need agriculture. In fact, like they've got like an early. Um, Early evidence of that is like um, from 20, 23,000 years ago, Jesus. we have flint blades that were very clearly used for harvesting grains right. around modern-day Israel. And, of and course, so these hunter-gatherer peoples. And
1: of course the yeast exists on the plant, as we talked about right at the beginning. Yes.
0: And also, so like if you're harvesting grains on that mass, you're almost certainly cooking them to be able to consume them. Mm. And so the way they would have been doing that is they... Would have been making breads, mm. um, and they also could have been very easily making um, like beers as well to right. create surplus. And so then, you could see where this is going, right? Where like the development of agriculture and the development of of using yeast and using other things um, as a result of trying to find
1: as many ways to use this scarce resource you found yeah, as possible. Exactly. Right. To yeah. feed as
2: many people as you can with it as well because yeah. you would have a, a contingent that you're like, well, if I can get this grain and if I mash it up and maybe add some water and heat it and then- And maybe- this
1: is the same kind of innovation that would have led to like dried meats or like preserved yes, preserving things, things like that and- to
0: make it sort of last. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and we're talking about like the um, the ancient Middle East here, like where it's like um, Tig- Tigris and Euphrates rivers, mm-hmm. Um, the Sumerians. The Sum- like yeah, eventually the Sumerians. Yeah, like that yeah. basically what's generally called the cradle of civilization. But of course, like that was just because it's the first or other parts of the world that were urbanizing as well. Like China mm-hmm. later, a little later, um, had a domest- the same sort of rice domestication happening. But this is
1: the oldest living record that we can find. The yeah, oldest know, exactly like, uh, like the physical evidence of like, holy shit, here's a house. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know.
2: Yeah, yeah, because they had mounds and stuff. Because they kind of dug underground in Chatalhauk, and they all they accessed all their housing from the roof. Mm. And this is
1: a place where it's like they keep finding new layers of it. Like, yeah, you've got I believe civilization so. Civilization and then like a layer deeper. It's just like, oh, this is the previous one that they built on top of, and then yeah. they go. Together. and there was also yeah. they
0: um they uh it's a very different like. Structure of a place than we can kind of think of, especially in the sort of 21st century Western city kind of way. Like it was like one large mass of stone and the houses you would enter from the top mm. walk along the roofs to they get from house to They would bury
2: their dead in their floors. <laughs>
0: Like when we talk about settling down, settling down is one thing and a city is another. Yes. And from like scholars of cities make that distinction. They, they're very big on that distinction because... They're very upset. They're very upset about <laughs> it because... Yeah, so a settlement can be just, you know, like a village, but you could all be doing one thing. You could all be an agrarian village. And that probably almost certainly came first. Yeah. Communities forming around... And the musician well, village exactly. just didn't get a lot done. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but that's, that's a very funny joke because when you come to... Cities. The thing that def- <laughs> the thing that defines cities is the fact that you've got different. It's not all defined by one activity. Yeah, you've got people doing different things. Yeah, there are um, scholars. There are holy people. There are weavers. There mm. are suddenly there's like um, roles and roles. Yeah, and,
2: I do think it's interesting because prior to Shatal Hayuk, which is made of like clay and like stone, they would almost certainly have been. And we have evidence of this in Australia of like small places where they would have erected like wood huts or like thatched things that would have decomposed over time. Mm-hmm. We don't have evidence that they exist. In fact, they found yeah. evidence of a wooden henge that was near Stonehenge. Stonehenge survived because it's made of fucking stone. Yeah. The wooden henge is not there anymore. The far
1: less popular wood henge. Well,
2: because it was a, part of a, <laughs> it was a ritual of like death and very interesting. Yeah. But it's it's degraded over time. There's no evidence of it except from aerial shots of looking at the way that the landscape is. Right. It, there, there was a hinge there. And okay. so chateau is the is the e- oldest evidence that we have. Who knows when that started, that yeah, idea okay. of settling in agriculture and settling in agriculture.
0: Mm. But this idea of having like a big city that's got, you know, multiple roles. It's got political power as well. Yeah. You know, like if you have just a community of agrarian farmers, that doesn't necessarily need to be a very complicated uh, structure, it could be just gerontocracy, like the rule of the elders it could be, it could just be no one <laughs> it could just be a community, like it could be any number of things that it's humans like literally
1: create. because we're all in the one place and there's lots of different people around uh, and life becomes a lot, like you have a lot more time yeah.
0: And yeah, well yeah, it's like hierarchical political power but also complex religions mm. start emerging and rituals and like meanings that people have, you know, mm. like it's, it's really fascinating and like so it's not just about specialised labour, it's also about this entire existence happening and all of that happens because of surplus stuff right you couldn't do that without massive amounts of grain mm-hmm. being either just baked or preferably fermented into beer or because
1: then we know you can use all parts of the animal you know when killing yeah. animals so it's like you know you, you utilize everything that you can you make it stretch you make it work and we know we know that on the back of yeast, we're able to yeah. kind of like utilize grains in that way. Yeah. Then we can. Yeah, it has, it's just it.
2: multiple functions. It's not mm. just the thing that you mix together to make a soup. Yeah. It's also yeah. something you can make a soup with it. You can make a drink with it. You can make. You can bread. use wasps if you want. If you want.
1: <laughs> if you feel inspired. the elder was
2: interested in that yeah. concept. Just eat the yeast. How so do you do do get it?
1: the dead wasps? Like, who do you ask to go, like,
0: <laughs>
2: like you go get the wasps?
1: Yeah, I'm shotgun not.
0: <laughs> All across the world as well. So, like, not to overstate the case a little bit, because obviously, like I don't want to imply that all bread is yeast bread, because you can make flat breads that are yeah. unleavened, and they're delicious. Um, and of course, like you know, in um, China and East Asia, mm-hmm. rice domestication was the big thing that enabled civilizations to grow, yeah, um, because it's just an amazing crop. But even then, uh, rice is preserved into a rice wine, like mm-hmm. which is kind of a rice beery stuff. Yeah, um, fruit is still <laughs> preserved using yeast into something that enables surplus nutrition. Um, so it happens It happens everywhere. So it's kind of hard to imagine cities and civilizations, especially the early ones, mm. happening without us figuring out that um, weird, smelly, foamy stuff mm. from fruit and from grains um, keeps us alive longer.
2: Mm. Yeah, because the alcohol as well would preserve things. The alcohol produced, even in bread, mm. would preserve it longer than if you just had it as like a soup or as like grains. It's chaotic. And so it's kind of... Amazing how so dependent we are on yeast.
1: On yeast. So I, I suppose like the kind of biggest kind of takeaway for me, again, like I said, walking into today's episode, I knew two things, uh, <laughs> bread and beer, which is also b- bread. Uh, just to repeat the joke because it was funny enough to, yeah, I, reckon the <laughs> st- I reckon the second time was funny. <laughs> yeah, but, I agree, I agree. But like the very idea that, you know, you know, this this thing that you, you might look at the title of this episode and go, like, why are we doing this? And, like, the result at the end of it is that it's just, like, essentially civilization as we know it doesn't exist without yeast.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's, like, the biggest escalation of concept that I think we've ever had on the podcast, <laughs> which is scary to look at. But I'm certainly not going to take yeast for granted any longer. Our Carl Sagan buddy of billions and billions of friends... <laughs> That allows us to bread, and that allows us to bread. build <laughs> concepts and civilizations and life. Have a whole spoonful of Vegemite to celebrate. Yeah, don't listen. Anyone out there that's taking that suggestion seriously, don't.
2: <laughs> but maybe bake a loaf of bread. Bake a loaf of bread.
1: Do it. Try sourdough. Become a child of the mother. Do, do which sounds <laughs> worse. Look up a picture of the eye. Eye. Do everything. <laughs> Get get amongst this episode, guys. Because we have, and it was a lot of fun. So thanks very much for listening. Just a quick reminder before we go. Once again, we do have a Patreon now. So if you go to patreon.com slash T-M-I-E podcast, if you feel like becoming one of the patrons of everything, for the cost of a cup of coffee every month, you can help keep this thing rolling. So thanks very much to all people who already are supporting us. That's very, very awesome of you. Thank you. But for now... It's goodbye from me and the Sams. Goodbye now, friends.
0: Bye. Bye now.
1: Take care of each other and your yeast. And we'll talk to you soon.